0: Hey, Lauren, let's play a quick game. I like to call it, what's the best tool for the job? Hit me. Eating hot porridge. Spoon. Keeping up with your mates. Uh,
1: Your phone. Although, Craig, I am your only friend.
0: Yeah, righto, Lauren. Here's a tough one. Creating employee stories.
1: Easy. Video my job. Why video my job? Because they're today's sponsor. (laughs) No,
0: No, seriously, why?
1: Well, you can make videos from anywhere with video my job.
0: Brand compliant.
1: You've got it. Rock solid there. What else? It's all on your smartphone.
0: Ooh, winner, winner, chicken dinner.
1: Best tool for employee stories is video my job. Boom, game over. (laughs) You're listening to Tarpod. We talk talent engagement and mobility with the experts. That means you get the best info, knowledge, and advice with a side of fun. Now, here are the pair that sound younger than they look. Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson Hi everyone, welcome to Tarpod, I'm Craig And I'm Lauren and today's amazing guest and friend of Tarpod is David Bell from the Toll Group, the GM for Talent Management David, welcome
0: Welcome David, welcome Thanks guys, thanks for having me on no worries. No, it's really good to-
1: Good to, to finally get you on, i got to say. And what's
0: interesting is because you're, you know, your position in such a large, large organisation, mm. people would really like to know sort of a little bit about your background and your journey in recruitment and how you got to where you are now. So why don't you reach back into your mind and tell us a little bit about the David Bell journey.
2: Sure. So I think a bit like um, most people of my vintage, you kind of fell into recruitment because you didn't know what else to do. And <laughs> yeah. a school- Mine was was married to an owner of an IT recruitment agency called TriStar, which was a, a specialised in IT. And I started there as a junior recruiter in the 90s, where uh-huh. you know we used to have to fax the resumes and didn't have the internet, and everything was done off uh, off a database.
0: Use your rolodex. <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly, on your books. Um, And TriStar was purchased by Robert Walters, uh, and that was their way of getting into the Australian market. And I ended up working there for seven or eight years. Uh, And since then, I've worked for Alexander Mann Solutions um, on their RPO solutions for ANZ Bank and Westpac and Hewlett-Packard across Asia. And after that, I worked for Trevor Vass at HCMS doing some consulting. Oh, fantastic. And one of those um, clients that we did it for was Origin Energy, where we did a redesign of their whole model. And um, one of the things we did for them was create a role of head of TA. And so they asked me if I would like to come and and do that. And so I said uh, yes, because I'd never really done that before. And that was my first real foray into an in-house position. And from origin, I went to General Electric, where Mm -hmm. I spent also about seven years or so. And I had roles leading TA across APAC. And then I led a couple of functions globally, uh, being their executive search function and their sourcing teams, so recruiting into over 180 countries, um, wow. in, which was really fantastic opportunity. Um, and then just lastly, I did a short sit with, with Gareth at TQ Solutions on a couple of projects for him. Yeah, fantastic. And then the opportunity came to Toll, where I'm now um, – you know, the GM of talent management, but started just looking after talent acquisition and now that's expanded to, I also am HR for HR, I look after OD and HR, L&D. So HR I have a team of about 60 people. Jeez, um, if you had a um, business card, Australia, it'd be a fold-out HR.
1: business card by the sounds of yeah, that with all yeah, those titles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey David, you, like you landed
0: at Toll back in August 2019. Uh, before yeah. the, a few months before the world changed, but what was the first thing when you when you put your feet under the desk? What was the what was it like there, and what was the first things you need to do?
2: Yeah, so I was hired initially to establish the talent acquisition function globally at Toll because we didn't really have one. Toll is unique in that it has its own recruitment agency labour hire a business called Toll People, yeah. which not only did recruiting for Toll, but has a lot of external customers as well. In fact, now they have more external customers than internal. Yeah. Um, wow. But outside of Australia, we didn't have any dedicated recruiters, really. It was mostly HR doing it, um, and it was a lot of agency use. So we really wanted to put in place around people, process, technology, you know, some policies, and really bring it up to sort of current standards because it was quite surprising. You know, we at the time, we were a $9 billion turnover company. Mm. Um, nice. So it was amazing that they were able to recruit the amount of people that they actually did. Mm. Um, so my job was to really come in for the first six or eight months and, and build a business case for change. So looking at current state, you know, some future state uh, operating models and then really getting that business case over the line and then going to implement it. Um, So that was really the first, you know, 12 months or so. And then we went live with that model globally uh, in March 2020, just at the start of the pandemic.
1: That's a huge job to do that. So when you're looking at building a business case like that, where the hell do you start?
2: (laughs) Uh, We normally typically start with data. So really understanding how many people do we hire, what kinds of people, how much do we pay for them, how do we hire them, all of those sorts of things, we look at the experience component of it. You know, what's it like for our hiring managers? What's it like for our HR folks? What's it like for the candidates mm. coming in to really just build a picture of, and also we look at process, obviously, and how we're using technology. Where are we spending money? The financial aspect of it's a, a big one. Um, and we were spending quite a lot of money, even though we didn't have a TA team.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and even though we didn't have some of the things you probably expect we would have, we didn't have an ATS did
0: you have a careers website? Wow. So it's a really no. gre- really greenfield oh site God. which you, when you went in there yeah. so around when, you know yeah, you talked nice. about people process technology it was so
2: built was
1: the reliability um, for recruitment totally on toll people
2: and and external agencies? Uh, so toll people just looked after and looked after Australia. Okay. Um, so they didn't do any work outside of Australia at all. So outside of Australia, as I said, it was done mostly by HR. We did some activity on job boards, um, but mostly you had to go via recruitment agency, and, and 50% of our total recruiting spend was on search firms and agencies back then. Yeah, wow. Um, now it is a lot, lot less mm. than that. But, you know, you couldn't until about 12, 18 months ago, you couldn't actually go onto Toll's website and apply for a job directly because we just didn't have... The technology to do that. Yeah. Oh to go via in Australia. Had to go via Seek, for example, so be, or be referred in. It'd be fairly over.
0: It'd be fairly overwhelming, wouldn't it? You come in, you go. Okay, do we focus on a careers website, or do we get an ATS in place and build a tech stack around it? What do we do first? Do we bring people in to make the team bigger? You know. What, so how was all, all of this play out?
2: Uh, we did it all at once. <laughs> Well, you kind of couldn't have one without the other, right? So there was no point having an ATS without recruiters to drive it. So we did bring some people across from Toll people. Um, Our model was that it was a hybrid in that in Australia we insourced it. Yep. So we had our own employees. Then outside of Australia and New Zealand we partnered with AMS. Mm-hmm. As an RPO, because we needed, well, we needed so many different languages because we're pretty strong in Southeast Asia, China, yeah. India, but then we also needed to cover some countries in Europe, um, and also in America. So we just needed that flexibility, and that's that's worked really well for us. So um, yeah, we needed to do it all at once. So we we went live in a, in a few stages with some recruiters, mm-hmm. but then we really turned it all on. I remember on the eighth of March, twenty twenty, it all went live at one on one day. And isn't that about so a week that that's before That's about
1: day. the week before we all <laughs> shut down. With mm-hmm. The whole world changed.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: did that impact
0: yeah, at all? So was we, it like,
2: <laughs> dear. Yeah, it was, it, you know, the hardest thing about it upon reflection is that we didn't have the opportunity to um, build the relationships that we normally would or really important to make an internal model work. Yeah. You know, so there were people in my team that I didn't meet for the first two years oh. that we were here. There were senior business leaders. Obviously, you meet them virtually, but it's not the same. Mm. So I think we sort of suffered a bit from that. Um, on top of that, Toll had a couple of cyber attacks. Um, there were bushfires at the time. Oh, we had nice. some floods. So we had a bit of a perfect storm uh, in, that, in that first sort of 12, 18 months. Gee.
1: I remember during COVID that uh, all my online shopping ramped up and uh, the toll man coming on a daily basis. It's Deliver. almost like Christmas, it's my <laughs> only human interaction.
2: <laughs> yeah, the term supply chain really came to prominence, I guess, during that time. Didn't and it. So, in some ways, it was really good for our company. Yeah. Um, and we're still riding that wave, um, particularly on our fording business on the ocean and air freight has mm. been really strong for us.
0: Imagine putting a business case together and then starting to put a whole process together, having a launch date, and if someone was to tell you, oh, at the same time, there's going to be a global pandemic, the likes of which we've never seen, floods, bushfires, mm. and cyber attacks, <laughs> that would be like, yeah, mate, move, jog on, that's not going to happen, is it? Yeah, the apocalypse yeah, will it, happen you? that
1: week, so you might want to reschedule. Yeah, is <laughs> creepers. But, that, but
0: that's interesting. Do you mind, David, um, – talking us through a little bit of your tech stack because people who listen to this program really, really love the idea of what are other people using Mm. and how's it working for them?
2: Yeah, sure. So we use Workday as Mm. our base of our HR model and from an ATS we're using smart recruiters. Yep. Um. So that in, that integrates with Workday at the start of our process. So when a requisition is created, it flows through automatically. Uh, we're now in, also in the process of digitising all of our employment contracts mm. globally, which were, we're done separately. Um, we've also now started to implement InBorder. Yep. Yeah. So we've gone live right. with that Why in Australia. Actually. We're in the process of rolling that out. Um, that is also integrated into Smart Recruiters, but we're also going to integrate it into, into Workday soon as well because there are greater benefits of, of doing that. Um, and so we've also integrated smart recruiters back into Workday. So once we hire somebody, they get obviously loaded up into a position in Workday against that job requisition. So that's the full um, circle. We also use Vervo for our assessments. Um, I think next on the list for us is looking at some uh, some interviewing video interviewing tools. Yep. I think that's going to be next. We're we're in the process of looking at potentially, um, you know, doing more in the volume space in Australia that currently sits with tall people. So how do we start to automate some of that? You know, I always think about how can we hire a forklift driver or a truck driver without actually having to talk to someone but still making the experience as good as it can be or as good as if a person was involved.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Amazing, and you talked about your careers website that you put some work into that. How did
2: how did that evolve? I've got to say
1: it looks good too. I was having a play around on that this morning, and it's oh, lovely. We're just about to looking.
2: change it again. So.
1: Oh,
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I won't we're changing the, the platform yet. that we're going to use for it. But yeah, so. Um, As I said, we didn't have a a website at all. So we really started from scratch and uh, Suzanne Doyle and my team really built all of that internally. Um, And, you know, we were really conscious of the fact that we operate, uh, Toll operates in about 50 countries, but we really only recruit in about 25 of them um, in any serious volumes. And so we've just done some things like added 10 country pages. So, you know, how do we look at having a lot of the content in local language. You know, how does it automatically link up to searching for jobs if I'm on the Vietnam country page? Mm. How do I see it all in Vietnamese? I think we've also – so we also use Video My Job. I should add that in there as well. And in the last six to eight months, we've probably made 50 videos um, that are just from an employee experience point of view but dedicated for different businesses and by country and in local language as well.
1: Yeah. It's really good so when you do that because I find that the video, I, it's a real person in a real position and, and you really relate to that if you're applying for that role. You go, okay, so that's what they're doing. That's what I'm going to be doing. Yep, I get that. Mm. And I think that really puts that personal touch to it. Yeah,
0: people like to consume video, don't
2: they?
1: They do. I, yeah. I really do. And I think well, Video My Job is a great platform. And, you know, yeah. yeah.
2: And I'm um, fine. Do you? Yeah, it's good. Look, we're, we're pleased with what we've done, but you know, always with these things, you look at it and think, oh, we could have done that better. We could do this differently. So we're actually changing, going to a different uh, platform mm. uh, in the coming weeks. And so it'll look different again with some more um, functionality. Coming oh. soon, yeah. yeah.
0: We'll you have to let us know when that's launched, so we can let um, people know that it's. And I want to have a play.
1: <laughs> I love going and yeah, having yeah, a look at everyone's sites.
0: <laughs> hey, David, being such a major employer and having so many people, you know, involved in in toll across various businesses, in various locations. How have you found the changing candidate market over the last
1: year? Oh come on, we're going to go eighteen months. Yeah, we're in a short candidate market. Mm. How are you guys coping?
2: Um, We're coping okay just, I would say. It it varies depending on where you're talking about, but, you know, we found it just as hard to recruit blue-collar workers in China as we've found to find IT workers in India or Australia. So it's really all across the board that we're finding it's really challenging when we're getting press from our salaries yeah. Point of view. So, on one hand, you know, people are getting some, you know, crazy offers to leave, 40 50% salary increases yeah. to leave the company. And then it's really hard again to. So, we're continually working with our CMB colleagues here to work on where are we paying in the range, trying to be flexible on that. But um, it's, it's not easy. And we also recruit some of these roles in not great locations, in warehouses that are hot. Yep. Uh, and, you know, I think there's two types of workers. We There are people that are interested in working in the logistics and forwarding industry and have a career in industry. And then there are some that don't really care about that so much, right? Mm. They're just wanting a, a job at the Blue collar. They'll, they'll drive a forklift for whomever. And so if there's a you know, a $2 an hour increase up the road, that's where they're going to go. And we also find it really challenging as well. A lot of these people we're trying to hire don't have an email address. Yep. Um, so they can't apply for a role. So we're having to revert to putting banners out the front of some of our facilities with QR codes on it. Oh, well, just, QR yeah, codes, so that's not old school. <laughs> QR codes, yeah, everyone's, I mean, everyone's got they a got phone, phone thankfully. Right. Yeah. yeah, but so we've had to be really as creative as possible to try and um, get the people
0: that we need. One of the things that Lauren and I talk about a lot, um, and love your insights, is about during these tough candidate times managing um, hiring managers' expectations, because they're you know always banging on your door. Where's my person? I need this. You know, I've promised mm-hmm. I'm going to deliver X, Y, and Z, and I need people for it. How do you how do you manage those expectations? <sighs>
2: Yeah, it's a really good question because, you know, we have some managers that are great and yep. really work with us and are flexible and take yep. our advice and act in a timely manner and we have some that don't. Yep. And so, as you know, how do we, and it's one of the things I work on with our team is, you know, how do we get our recruiters to be better at Influencing, persuading, educating our managers to say, hey, this job's been vacant for, you know, making this up two months, mm. right? And it's because we're 20% below the market, or you want, you know, 10 out of 10 things ticked on the resume when we can only find five or six for you at the price you're willing to pay. So something's got to give. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, we've been having a lot of those conversations. Um, around and, and our managers have been really good to, on the whole. You know, they're coming around and changing and being less flexible. I think it's the the more senior managers probably get it more and having to influence those managers underneath them. Mm. Um, but, you know, where we're even if it's willing to train people or, you know, being flexible around looking at more part-time people and all of those sorts of things, everything's on the table. As far as yeah. I'm concerned, we can't afford to rule anything out. Yeah. Otherwise, you just miss out.
0: And, and you're in – as a business, you're in the supply chain sort of industry and and Candidate Flow is part of the supply chain for for, for any business, isn't it?
2: Sure is. You know, we um, – I don't know how many roles we have open today in the company. It's 300, 400. Wow. That's Probably insane. vacancies. Mm-hmm. You know, there's probably at least 100 of those just in Australia, I would say, mm. you can find, if not more. And, I know. you know, we're, we're having to do better at things around internal mobility. Again, um, when I joined, we didn't really move. There was no way because we didn't have the technology for our employees to understand what vacancies are available in the company at any given point in time. So without the ATS, now we have that, we can do that. Um, we also didn't really have a, a very consistently applied employee referral program, again, because we didn't have the technology. So all of those sorts of things are, are helping and we're really pushing hard on, I guess, the, the channels outside of the obvious ones, which is job boards and recruitment agencies, which we, we don't use a lot of recruitment agencies, sort of only about 3 or 4% of all of our external hires. So it's, again, making sure we're maximising every possible way mm. to, to um, give people the choice to work here and stay, hopefully.
1: Yeah, I find me with the hiring managers, just jumping back slightly, I'm, I'm sort of going with that. If you can't turn around your feedback within 24 to 48 hours, your job's not my priority because you're not making that a priority. And I'm finding you've really got to move on those people quickly, even at the blue collar level. If you're not, you're going to lose.
2: Mm-hmm. You just got to be. Yeah, we have some managers that do still stick their head in the sand and going to just keep. say just keep looking, um, and you know I've asked the team to sort of escalate some of those to me or others in the team so we can you know have a bit more serious conversation or we'll use others in the business from HR or wherever it is to help influence getting them to change. Otherwise, they'll just sit there with an unfilled role.
1: Mm, exactly. Exactly, and their problems are not going to be solved. They're just going to continue to grow. So you, you
0: talked about an evolving uh, process, an evolving team and, and tech. What's what's next at Toll? What, what what are the big plans moving forward?
2: Yeah, we've got a few things. I mean, I think, you know, we've always been challenged to do things, you know, simpler, faster and cheaper, uh, although <laughs> it's hard to have all three at the same time. I think um, I can do two, just he pick two and I'll give you two. Hopefully, three is not easy. Um You know, I said before around, you know, how do we really about how do we go faster? I think that's one of the things I'm really focused on. And we, as I said, outside of Australia at the moment, we produce all of our employment contracts um, manually. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, we're going through an exercise Mm -hmm. at the moment to look at all of our employment contracts globally and try and standardise them as much as we can. Um, And that is um, a much bigger undertaking than I ever thought it would be. It's taken us a long time, but we've got legal helping and and all those sorts of things. So, you know, because at the moment in Australia, I can give you an employment contract in probably five minutes if I have all of the information. Amazing. Um, If you want to do it a different way, it can take a week sometimes, you know, and that's just we just can't afford to wait that long, especially in this market. And it's a terrible experience. So um, that's one thing I'm really pushing hard on, again, the, the, the onboarding piece. So we're looking at that from the minute someone says yes until day one. And then we've also got a different set of experiences. We're calling it from day one to day 90. Mm. So the the, the the yes to day one is owned by the TA team, and then day one to 90 is owned by the learning team. Mm. Um, So we're just in the process of uh, challenging In Water on all different ways to use their product and making it work globally with different languages and all those sorts of things. So, you know, it's – and and obviously we still need to do more with our our brand. Um, I think that's just – everybody needs to do that all of the time and we're consistently reviewing what we do. We're starting actually a program pretty soon around some talent advocates. We're going to have about 40, 45 of those in the business and train them up on what, you know – how to be advocates for the company and be more active on social media and tell our stories. Fantastic. Because that's but what people want to see.
1: One thing that's sort of um, been a point of conversation in this Candidate Short Market with a lot of people is internal referral programs and external referral programs. Have Toll embraced yeah. that type of thing as well?
2: We've got an internal uh, referral program and that was one of the things that, you know, we've certainly you know put in place. Um, the... External piece as well coming. So we've, you know, one of the biggest challenges we had is how much do we pay?
0: Yeah. Mm. Um,
2: So that was one of the biggest debates. Uh, I always, I wanted to pay more than where we landed. Um, But we have, you know, we sort of did a bit of a Big Mac index, if you like, looking at by country, how much do we pay? And then we could have split that by junior and senior positions. Um, We're filling around, you know, we've got about 10% of our external roles are filled by our Employee Referral Program. That's great. We did a big program with posters in the office, Uh, we did screensavers, all of these sorts of things. But it's just one, I think you just have to keep reminding people. Mm. So at some stage later this year, we'll refresh that program, I think. And, you know, people don't notice the same posters after a while. So um, yeah, we've just got to keep chipping away at those things and keeping them fresh, be innovative, which is really hard yeah. on some of those things to keep making it fresh and doing things differently. So that's why I like listening to podcasts like this because I like to get some ideas and try and do them ourselves.
1: <laughs> well, it's a good thing, isn't it? You do listen to other people and you get those light bulb moments going, holy hell, that's a great idea. I might as well have give it a go over here. And I think that's a, a really good thing about the community. We've got that. And that does highlight the fact that you are also a judge at the iters.
0: Yes, you are.
1: Yes, yes, a second year in a row, actually. <laughs> so with the ISIS this year, you're going to be judging a few more categories, looking for the excellence. So what sort of things stand out to you in innovation?
2: I am, and I think whenever I've gone to conferences or things like that, the things that I gravitate towards the most are when people tell you something that they've done and how they did it and what they learned and what they would do differently. Mm. I think so. I'm really interested to understand the detail of the warts and all almost, Mm. right? And I think part of it is not just what you did, but what did you learn? If you're starting again tomorrow, what would you do differently? Mm. I Um, I like it. So I really would like to understand more about Right, because you you know, sometimes I've heard people at conferences get up and make it sound like it was just a walk in the park,
1: (laughs) and we all know it's not a straight line from A to B. (laughs)
2: Yeah, everyone adopted it day one; it was just a no issues piece of cake, and we know that's not true. (laughs) A bit of bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, it really happened, right? Yeah, I, I think they three of the ones I, I like the most I think they're more credible yeah you yeah, make I a really agree. good point there
0: because yeah <laughs> everyone knows that nothing happens flawlessly uh, and there's there's negotiations involved there's there's pitfalls there's huge challenges and I think it's really important that people can also reflect on them and say what what would they do differently or what did they learn from it mm. as opposed to oh we had this idea and then two weeks later it was all in and everyone was just you know sipping champagne and, and congratulating each
2: yeah. other. <laughs> I, I know. Think that, you know, yeah. Being unique is hard, and trying something and doing something that no one's really tried before is also hard. So obviously, mm. things like that all stand out. If you think you've done something um, uniquely or differently to anyone else, then I'd be really interested to read about those things.
1: Mm. I enjoy that. Yeah, the the journey from A to B being that squiggly line, and yeah, those potholes are usually the highlights because they're the big light bulb moments.
0: Hey, one of the things that our listeners like when we get someone with a lot of experience on is where they think the future is lying or what do they think is going to happen next in the oh, industry. Oh, crystal so ball. I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here because we didn't prepare you at all for this. But, <laughs> what, David, what do you think are the big issues or challenges going to be facing the industry over the next period? Uh, great
2: question. Thanks for that. I think, <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> look, I, I think it's all around the experience that people have. Mm. Um, And I think it's, you know, how do we communicate with people, um, you know, that's one thing we're trying to do as well is, you know, start to build out these communities of talent and how do we, you know, recruit way ahead of time or at least start to engage people. Mm. And I think, you know, we have a sourcing function and I know other companies certainly have them as well. And, you know, we find it really hard to do that well despite the best intentions, mm. um, because I think you get distracted. So I think the companies that can do that well and, as I said, build those communities of talent where it really matters, engage with them, you know, I always call it sort of living together before you get married with a candidate, Yeah. Yep. right? How do we make yeah. it so it's a no-brainer for them to choose us and us to choose them? Mm. Yeah, Because, right? think- you know, typically at all we do, I don't know, two or three interviews, right, of one hour each and that's it. Then we hire you. Yeah which works most of the time, but sometimes it doesn't.
0: Mm. Um, I think a lot lot smarter people than me have been on our show and they talk about how, you know, recruitment is more a marketing function and you need to treat mm -hmm. uh, candidates like consumers. Like, you know, companies out there that are are selling something, whether it be a product or a solution, treat people differently than we ordinarily do in talent And, and it needs to be more the same. Like, what's in it for them? Um, h- how can we put our best foot forward and show them ha- what it would be like to work with us and how it will positively impact their career moving forward?
2: Yeah, I think we're, I mean, we're, looking at how do we invest more in, you know, for example, we had a, a recruiter uh, resign not that long ago and I replaced them with a the person to work on our talent communities and social media. Yeah. Cause mm. I figured I'd get more bang for my buck out of that. Mm. Um, and I think we'll start to see more and more of that investment and technology will help, right? So, you know, what are the technologies that are going to really help us do that talent piece and the communications piece. Um,
1: tech and data, that's, that's I tell where you. It's
2: going to
1: be one. Yep. Yeah, tech and data. It's all the data.
0: And and they lead into the, the the internal mobility piece too, right, and making sure that you're keeping people within your business long term and opening up opportunities for them.
2: Yeah, the number one thing for people once they join is that they want a career. We we know that, so you know what are the things that we are doing to make them feel like they can have that here. I and mean, yeah, you know, we're working on things at Toll around our emerging leading product, leaders programs, um, so they go on like a graduate program for people with eight years experience. Fantastic, right? So they do a couple of rotations. One of those is might be internationally, and then we guarantee them a promotion at the end and a new job.
0: Oh, that's fantastic, and right. that's open so to people with eight years experience or have been with the business for a while.
2: Yeah, so the existing employees, yep. um, you know, so they're, um, they're people that we see that have future or promotability, as we call it, uh-huh. or a bit of runway, using the old General Electric expression. But, um, you know, they are high performers or people on succession plans that we think have bigger and better things. And then how do we fast-track them and accelerate them into leadership roles? Uh, how do we do more of growing our own and then bring more people underneath them? That's... Um, Just one example of one of the things that we are doing.
1: Yeah. I think internal mobility. (laughs) Which I'm sure will
2: work um, and it's worth the investment.
1: Yeah. It's definitely uh, noted that internal mobility is up on, I think it's uh, ABS stats were out today, uh, up 10% on what they normally were last year. And that's just highlighting that uh, you've got to really think about keeping your people. Yeah. Encircling those wagons. And make it easy for
2: them to move, right? Yeah. So we, when I did this here, we, we didn't have a policy um, and we had some really interesting debates around things like, you know, how long does someone have to be in a role before they're allowed to move? Yep.
1: That's a good and point. And my idea was
2: one day, right? Mm. But other people had three years.
0: Yeah.
2: Right? Yeah, unbelievable. So it's, and there's no right or wrong, it's just, you it's know. exactly right. It's um, like how long can you know, How do you make it easy? Yeah.
0: Yeah, how do you make it easy? Because, you know, a lot of people, again, this has been discussed before, a lot of people say that they find it easier to get an opportunity outside mm. the, the yep. current employer than inside.
2: Yeah, we've had some stories of people coming back, mm. right, which yeah. is crazy when you think about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Well, the, the old grass you isn't know. always greener, is it?
1: Well that's true. And, and no, that's right. Yeah, the alumni is definitely important because you can't just close doors on ex employees like some people used to. It's um you yeah. need to be able to keep those doors open, especially in this market.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure do, sure do. So it's um yeah, internal mobility is really important and um we've got I think we do about uh 16 or 18% of our roles are filled internally at the oh, moment, fantastic. and I'd that's really fantastic. like that to be up around 25 It's still a great stat. I think stat, it's got to be too. higher.
1: That's a really good number. Yeah,
2: it's, it's good, but it can be better. Mm. It can be better.
1: Wow. That is an amazing number, than. actually, because so many people aren't getting that number, achieving it anywhere close to that. No. So you should be proud of that one, David, even yeah. though you think it's not well, enough. I think, and yeah. Then,
2: I, I mean, two-thirds of our hires are what we call blue-collar workers, so we have a huge base of people to come in from underneath Mm. Um, and, and feed through the organisation and
0: you do no unrecorded recorded interview you just said that you're aiming for 20 to <laughs> yeah,
2: 25 uh, percent that yeah that's
1: going to come and bite you <laughs> on the ass one day <laughs> um-
0: Hey David, it's been a real pleasure having you today and learning more about Toll and the journey, particularly that when you started, it was like a total rebuild to where you are now. And also for the understanding that you've still got a ways to go. Um, we'd love to have you on again later on in the year to to hear a little bit more about how toll's evolving. Um but thank you so much for today. And and that is a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me, everybody. Thanks, David.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me
1: on. Thanks again to today's sponsor, Video My Job.
0: These guys really are the best tool for creating brand-compliant employee stories from anywhere using your mobile phone.
1: Check them out at videomyjob.com. And don't forget to tell them, Tarpod sent you. Thanks for listening to Tarpod. And please don't forget to subscribe. And make sure you listen to the outtakes at the end of the episode. They're usually the best bit.
0: We might, we might um, make up some of yours then if you can't remember, Kate. Oh, say, oh so yeah, you cool. were, you know, you were. Hey, I'm
1: a recruiter. That's just what we do. Yeah, that's as if we know that's what we're doing and everything will be fine. Yep, you just pretend.
0: This is my first ever uh, podcast, by the way. Uh, so I promise you. I'll go easy. but and I can't. probably shouldn't drink Red Bull. Either. Oh. It's probably not a good idea. Put huh? some vodka
1: in with it. You'll <laughs> yeah, be fine, be buddy. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Vodka Red Bull for breakfast. Why
0: wouldn't you? Breakfast of Champions. Um yeah, I'll go easy on you, but I can't promise that Lauren. Oh will fuck have. off, Craig. Lauren's just hard ass. She's
1: hard I am ass. not a hard ass. But I might be on you, Stefan, just because I can.
2: Well <laughs> <laughs> oh, hit me, yeah.
0: Hello, David. Hello.
1: I think he's on mute still.
2: Can you hear us?
0: Oh, just no, he's yeah. off mute. Uh, there you go. Ah.
1: Can't see you.
2: I'm trying to get the video to work. Allow to use your camera. Let's try now. There you go.
0: We made it. Welcome.